Good morning. It's good to see you today. We welcome you and especially the visitors we have among us. We appreciate your presence. Hope you can join us again if possible tonight at 6 o'clock when we meet or any other time you have available to you. And, and we want to encourage any questions, comments you might have that we can uh, assist you and encourage you in the things of God or clarify anything that we might say or teach if you believe that we're not following the Word of God. As we just read together as Brother Caleb led us in the reading, we understand that there is something that judges us in the last day. The Word that Jesus spoke will judge us. His Word has eternal life abiding in it. And so it's imperative, it's crucially important that we conform our lives to His Word. That our hearts and our conduct are uh, are responsive and obedient to His command. Note please... He speaks of God's Word as God's command, and that His command is everlasting life. It is God Himself who has connected commands and life, obedience and salvation. So if you've not obeyed the Gospel of Jesus today, we encourage you to obey the Word of God, to obey the command of God, to have the faith that it takes to put into action in your life those things that God requires of you. He's acted to send His Son. We've remembered His death on the cross this morning already in the supper. It, the, the cross stands as, uh, as, as testimony to the great love of God for us. He calls us by the Word of the cross to trust that Jesus is the Son of God and to repent of our sins, to confess that faith and to be baptized into His death so that our sins can be washed away. Our sins are not removed unless and until we have been baptized into His death. That's where the benefits are. If you've not done that, we want to help you accomplish that in your life today. Stand ready to serve you as you serve God. And also to help you as a child of God. If you're a Christian and there's sin you need prayers about, if you need to repent publicly of sin committed, then we encourage you to Use the opportunity at the end of the lesson. We'll pray together if that's your need. We need to be responsive in faith to the will of God, to the Word of God, because it contains everlasting life. Unfortunately, there are many people who, who think about, about being Christians as, as something separate somehow from His Word. They believe that they can, can hold just about any belief system uh, any concept about Jesus and it'll be okay. Well, that's what we want to explore together from God's Word this morning a bit. We want to, to see what Jesus says about being a Christian, what His apostles taught about being Christians, and be careful that we give an honest examination of ourselves in light of the plain Bible passages, teachings, to find out if in fact I'm a Christian. Because if I'm not a Christian, I can have no hope of salvation. I can have no hope of heaven, of eternal life, the very life Jesus was talking about in that text in John the 12th chapter. So it's crucial that we examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith, if our life conforms to the gospel, so that we have the blessings of the gospel, eternal life. You know, in Acts the 17th chapter, some people were commended because when they heard the preaching of the apostle of Jesus Christ, it says that 
they received it with all readiness of mind, examining the Scriptures daily whether these things were so. They examined Scripture to find out if what was preached was accurate. Then it says, many therefore of them believed. You see, when we will examine the Gospel, its message, and ourselves in light of it, it will bring us to faith. It, that, this is God's way of calling us to salvation. This is a simple lesson this morning. It's a fundamental, it's a first principle lesson. But one that as we consider the first principles of the gospel and of being a Christian, we can also examine the depths of what that means in our own lives as Christians. That in, and, and whether or not in fact we are anchored uh, in the faith and steadfast in our personal faith so that we are in harmony uh, uh, with God and that we are glorifying Him in our lives. You see, it's, a Christian is not just a Christian because they believe something about Jesus. You, you're not a Christian just because you believe something about Jesus. And yet, that's clearly what the vast majority of people believe who believe themselves to be Christians. They, they rest their, their confidence on knowing that they have some belief about Jesus. Well, in John 12, there were some people there that believed some things about Jesus. But they did not have God's blessings and God's Word was going to judge them in the last day and bring them to condemnation rather than life because they did not believe properly about Jesus. You see, believing, uh, having faith in Jesus is, is even more than believing that He's the Son of God. But let's look at verse 42 in John 12, then we'll make that point. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. This was a cost analysis they made. They made a cost analysis, and to them the cost was too high to believe and, or to confess in Jesus. They believed Him. But they wouldn't confess Him because the outcome was too severe in their thinking. They'd be put out of the synagogue. The reality is, what that really demonstrated was they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. You see, they believed in Him, but they would not confess it, and they didn't have the praise of God. We can believe something about Jesus. That doesn't mean we're Christians. You see, many people believe many things about Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses believe something about Jesus. That He was a created being less than Jehovah. The Latter-day Saints believe something about Jesus. That He was the first spirit child born to God in the spirit world. You see, the Unitarians believe something about Jesus. That He was a uh, a, a great philosopher like Buddha or someone else or Confucius. A lot of people believe a lot of different things about Jesus, but Scripture teaches us who He really is. In fact, Scripture tells us demons believe something about Jesus. In fact, they believe the truth about Jesus. You are the Holy One of God. Mark 1 and verse 24. One of them said, even believing the right thing about Jesus is not enough to make you a Christian. You know that? 
A lot of people don't. Do we take that for granted? A lot of people have, have taken the truth of the matter for granted. And the truth of the matter is, when you believe truth about Jesus, then you have the right to become a child of God. In John, the first chapter, verses 12 and 13, it says, many of, As many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. To receive Jesus is to believe in His name, that verse says. And that gives you the right to become a child of God. The belief doesn't make you a child of God. You see, the faith-only doctrine is not God's doctrine. You can't just believe and be saved, and you just can't believe anything and be saved. As verse 13 goes on to describe these who have the right to become and actually become children of God, who were born not of flesh, I'm sorry, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It is God's will that enables us to become children of God. And His will says, you've got to believe truth about my son Jesus. And then you've got to confess that truth. You've got to live that truth. You've got to obey the faith. Can you imagine someone, uh, you as a father, uh, putting your son forth and saying, I don't care what you believe about my son. Just be sincere. I don't care what it is. You, whatever it is, it'll be okay. Just believe something about my son. No, you see, a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. What faith? The faith, the message of the Gospel that set forth Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the will of the Father to be done because of that faith. Jesus said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The will of the Father is the faith revealed through Jesus Christ and it is that faith that establishes our personal faith. That's why Jesus said, "Except you, he said, you're from beneath and I'm from above. John 8, 23. I'm from above. You're from beneath. You're of this world. I am not of this world. You see, everyone who believes Jesus is only a man and not deity, they don't believe Jesus. They don't believe the true Jesus. How can they be Christian? They're not a Christian. They don't have faith in the true Jesus. He went on to say, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. That's how crucial it is. And that text, the broader text, he went on to say, before Abraham was, I am. Verse 58. A person's not a Christian just because they believe something about Jesus. So, as we try to teach someone the Gospel, let us... Don't leave the false impression to people that they are Christians when they don't have the right faith about who Jesus is in the first place, nor the faith that saves. You're not a Christian just because you're religious. See, in Acts the 8th chapter, an extended passage there, the Ethiopian, there was a religious man. He was a... He was uh, uh, an adherent to the Jewish faith. He was in a chariot returning to Ethiopia. He had been to Jerusalem to worship. You know how, how, how what the distance is between Ethiopia and Jerusalem? Yeah, check that out sometime. I looked at it again this morning. It's over two thousand miles. About two thousand miles. That's about like from here to Dallas, maybe something like that, roughly. In a chariot. He's a religious fellow. 
He really wanted to be up there to go to Jerusalem to worship. Now, undoubtedly, Christians must be religious. Christians are religious. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers, Acts 2.42. We cannot be Christians and not be religious. Pure religion, undefiled before God the Father, is described in Scripture, James 1.27. To visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. But the fact that Christians are to be religious does not mean every person who is religious is a Christian. This religious man was lost. Philip preached Jesus to him in Acts the 8th chapter. And upon hearing the faith, the gospel, he saw water and said, what's keeping me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe, you may. And he said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Confessing his faith, they stopped. He baptized the man into the death of Jesus. He became a Christian that day. Although he had been religious previous to that. If we or allowed if we if we teach people that because you're religious you're a Christian then we've not taught the truth. Now understand as Christians the object of our religion is God, not ourselves. You see, it's look sometime just just sit back and observe sometime and see very often how sometimes the religions are focused upon the person rather than the object, the worshiper instead of the one who ought to be worshipped. Jesus said, don't do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Pure religion is not about being seen by others, it's about coming before God. Bowing before Him and honoring Him. You know, but simply calling upon the, on His name in some religious fashion, doesn't meet with His approval. In Acts 19 chapter, there were some religious people, sons of a chief priest, who they were naming the name of Jesus over people thinking they could cast out evil spirits. They learned something different that day. Remember, you remember the sons of Sceva? The evil spirit said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And He leaped upon them. The man who had the evil spirit overpowered them, prevailed against them, so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. They named over Him the name of Jesus. Verse 13 says, they were going to call down the name of Jesus because we're going to be religious in that fashion. That didn't please Jesus. You see, you're not a Christian just because you're religious. Something very different than that. You're not a Christian just because you're moral. We read about the moral man Cornelius, don't we? In Acts 10, say this is fundamental. But see, this is also something for us to delve into and look at ourselves. Am I the religious person God wants me to be? Am I the moral person that God wants to me? Am, am I truly a Christian? Because you see, the moral man Cornelius, uh, he, he was devout. That is, he was pious. He feared God with his household. He was a generous giver. He was charitable. He, he, had a, he was a fair man, a just man. Verse 22, he was a, had a good reputation. This man stood out as a, as a centurion soldier in the Roman army. 
in the eyes of the Jews as well as the Gentiles. But that didn't make him a Christian. He needed to hear words by which he would be saved. Acts 11.14 says, because he was lost. You're not a Christian just because you're a moral person. Are there not moral Hindus? Are there not moral Buddhists? Moral atheists? You see, morality is a false standard upon which you base salvation. As I mentioned, Acts 11.14. This moral man needed to hear the Gospel. Words by which he would be saved because he was lost. Though he was pious and God-fearing and charitable and prayerful and fair and of good reputation, he was lost. Yes, we must live morally. Yes, we must live upright. Philippians 4, 8 and on and on. We're to bear the image of Jesus. But you see, a Christian is not a Christian simply because they're moral. And yet, isn't that really the marker of our society? He was a good man. She was a good person. They're going to be with God forever because they're a good person. Because they're a moral person. Good Christian. No. Morality is not the basis of being a Christian. That's not the defining element. Not in the Scriptures. That's the wisdom and will and doctrines and feelings and desires of people. Not of God. Not in Scripture. You're not a a Christian just because you're sincere. Saul Tarsus was such a sincere man that he felt it his bound duty and obligation to track down these people he thought were against God, these Christians. And he tracked them down to foreign cities. He, he punished them, it says. He, of himself, he said, I, I thought within myself I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So zealous and sincere was he that he did that in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. I said, yes, kill them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Here was a man so devoted So committed to the cause. No one questions his sincerity. Of course, that doesn't make make him a Christian, did it? Just the opposite. We shouldn't think that that makes a person a Christian if they're not a persecutor. I don't do anything to harm them. I just don't want anything to do with them. But I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You can be the sincerest person in the world, but you're not a Christian because you're sincere. Bless your heart, you're still lost. I'm thankful you're sincere. But you know, there are Christians who are not sincere. And they need to repent. Look at 1 Peter 2 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby unto salvation, if indeed you've tasted the Lord is gracious. If you've tasted the good grace of God, then put aside hypocrisy, pretense, pretending in your life. 
I'm thankful you don't pretend, but you see, being sincere doesn't wash away your sins. It doesn't wash away, it doesn't make you a Christian. You're not a Christian because you've been baptized. Now, think through this with me. Just because you've been baptized doesn't mean you're a Christian. And the reason I know that is Acts the 19th chapter, because there are some people there who were, had been baptized. They had been baptized with the baptism of John. And John had been sent by God with the Word of God, preaching a message of repentance under the remission of sins. And he was baptizing people for remission of sins, Mark 1, 1 through 4. It was, he had been sent by God. Yet, all that was preparatory for the Christ. Because he said, you're to believe on Him who's to come after me. So John's baptism wasn't the end, but here people, Paul finds followers of John, disciples, who've been baptized with John's baptism. But they didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. They didn't know anything about miraculous gifts. And such, he said, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we, don't, we not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? And they said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on Him who would come after Him. That is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's a new message, one they didn't know before. One that invalidated the previous baptism because they had not been baptized in the name of Jesus by His authority, with His approval, according to His Gospel, based on who He is. You see, you can be baptized in a denomination by their doctrines, by their practices, but without the authority of Jesus Christ. It's the authority of Jesus Christ. It's a baptism that puts you into the death of Jesus, into fellowship with Him that is required to become a Christian. His baptism was different than John's. You see, simply put, we can't be taught a wrong faith and baptized correctly. These people knew, hey, we heard, now we've heard the truth about the Christ and we're baptized in His name, in the name of Jesus Christ. That is by the authority of Christ. And then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke with tongues. Now, now they learned about the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can't be taught wrong and baptized right. Scriptures make that pretty clear because you see the Bible says when you're baptized, there's a particular method. It's immersion. They went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him as he immersed him. Baptizo, to dip, to plunge, to submerge. There's a particular purpose for baptism, and that is for salvation. There's a lot of churches out there baptizing people. Amen. There's a lot of churches that tell people that, 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 that when you believe in Jesus, that will lead you to be baptized. The problem is they think you're already saved. And, 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 and in your faith. Faith only. But because you believe so in Jesus, that will lead you to the waters of baptism. Well, faith will lead you to the waters of baptism because you're not saved until you're baptized. 
Mark 16, 16 says, it doesn't say he that believes is saved and then will be led to be baptized. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned. There's a purpose to water baptism in the Scriptures. And simply because you have had a baptism does not mean it was for the purpose of God. It was for somebody's purpose, but was it the Gospel purpose? You see, the result of the Gospel purpose of baptism is you are saved and the Lord adds you to His church. By one Spirit were we all baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians 12.13 says, The Spirit directs us to be baptized. The Lord adds us to His church. You're not a Christian just because you've, had, you've experienced some baptism in the past. Proper method, proper purpose, proper result from a proper message to the faith of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Gospel of the Lord. So if we give people comfort in a false baptism that they're Christians, we're not doing them any favor. We're doing them a grave injustice. We're helping them have false hope of being saved when they're lost. You're not a Christian just because you're in a church. Just because you're a member of a church doesn't mean that you're a New Testament Christian. Now, the Bible says there's one body, there's one church, Christ is the head of it. A lot of people say you can choose the church of your choice, and others say, well, it doesn't really doesn't really matter. The church is really not that important, some say. But is the church that shows the wisdom of God from, from God's eternal purpose? Ephesians 3, 10 and 11 says. Jesus purchased the church with His blood. It's vitally important to Jesus. But you see, joining a church doesn't make you a Christian. Jesus said, I'll build my church. Jesus adds saved people to His church. We, in that sense, we don't join the church. We're added by, by the Lord to the church. I don't go around shop and find the church that suits me and say, I'm going to join that one. I'm going to join that one. You can go and join that one if you'd like, but I'm going to join this one. No, you see, when we have the right faith to compel the right obedience, to be baptized into the death of Jesus, He adds us to His church. Amen. That's the Gospel that is required in order to, to be a Christian. Christians are added to the Lord's church. So, are you truly a Christian? Are you truly a Christian? Or have you adopted some of these false, deceptive answers and comforts to, to suggest to you that you're a Christian when you're not? Because if you're not a Christian, you're still lost. See, that's the, that's the point here. If you're not a Christian, you're lost in your sin. You're not going to go to heaven. No matter how sincere. No matter how religious. No matter how, 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 no matter what you're believing. You can be believing everything correct. But if you don't put that faith into practice to obey the Gospel to repent and be baptized and then live as a follower of Jesus, heaven's not going to be your home. So, so, now, so for a few minutes, just 
Let's talk about truly being Christians. A Christian in the Scriptures, a Christian is a disciple of Jesus. A follower of Christ. Three times the word Christian is found in the New Testament. Acts 11.26, Acts 26.28, and 1 Peter 4.16. Three times. And it's a noun every time. It's not an adjective. We don't read about uh, a Christian school, uh, a Christian this or a Christian that. We read about Christians. It's, it, it's a noun. It's not an adjective. And, and, and like, you no. Know, who's a musician? Who's a beautician? Who's an artisan? When we put I-A-N, it's, it's, it's a noun. It's a person doing something. A person who does something. A musician is somebody who makes music. A Christian lives, follows Jesus. A disciple, a disciple's goal is to be like his master. Luke, Luke 6 teaches us. So, we're to be following Christ. Learning from Him and following Him. That's, that's who a Christian is. We are of Christ. We belong to Christ. Christians have been saved from their past sins. We have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of His grace. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. We've talked about these. Mark 16, 16. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. That's the Christian. Paul, who was not a Christian, who was persecuting Christians, when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, Acts 22, 16-16, he saw Jesus, he heard Jesus, he was instructed by Jesus, he prayed for three days, he fasted in repentant, godly sorrow for three days, and still he needed to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins calling on the name of the Lord. Now, if Jesus could appear to Saul, speak to Saul, commission him as an apostle, blind him, and in for three days he's praying, he's fasting, and that man's lost, what confidence can you have if you haven't been baptized that you're saved? Jesus hasn't appeared to you, has He? He hasn't talked directly to you, has He? Have you fasted three days and prayed three days and nights? Blinded? So why do you think you're saved when you haven't believed and been baptized like Saul was told he had to do? Because you believe something other people have told you instead of what Jesus has said in His Word? We can answer that if we'll be honest with ourselves. It's because I just don't want to do it. Ultimately and finally, it's just I don't believe it enough to do it. Now we can have all these different circumstances and we can convince ourselves and comfort ourselves and, and, and satisfy ourselves that somehow or another I'm going to go to heaven because I haven't been baptized, but it's not going to wash. What saith the Scriptures? He that rejects me and does not receive my words has one that judges him. The word that I spoke, the same will judge him in the last day. Jesus doesn't want to see you lost. 
We don't want to see you lost. So, why not do what Jesus said for the reason Jesus said and be a Christian? Be a Christian. You see, when you do that, a Christian then will live faithfully to the Lord because he's learning and living. He's learning and following. He's raised from baptism to walk in newness of life. Romans 6.4 says, Baptism is the beginning. It's not the end. It's the start of pure and undefiled religion. It's walking in the good works that God has prepared for us to walk in. Ephesians 2.10 It is obeying our Master. He says, He's the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. Hebrews 5 and verse 9. A Christian lives an obedient life. Having become a Christian, saved from past sin, he then is converted to bear the image of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.10 Put off the old man and put on the new. That's created according to the knowledge of Him who created him. As we learn about Jesus, we're informed by the Word of truth about who Jesus is and we conform ourselves to that image. We bear then the moral likeness of Christ. We live pure and undefiled religion like Jesus. We commit ourselves to doing the will of the Father like Jesus. If you abide in My Word, then you're truly My disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. John 8, 31 and 32. So, are you truly a Christian? Or have you accepted men's definitions of who a Christian is? Comforted yourself with that? Or have we as Christians done the job we need to do to help people understand that though they are sincerely believing they're Christians, without following the Gospel, they don't belong to Jesus. And when we don't belong to Jesus, we have no confidence of eternal life. And He wants us to be saved. If you're not a Christian, become one now. Become one now. In faith, confess the faith that you have that Jesus is the Son of God. Repent of your sins against God and be baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. He will add you to His church and you can live faithfully sincerely, morally, religiously, learning and living the truth of who Jesus is, of what He has done, and what He will do for you throughout eternity. We can help you accomplish that. Please come while we stand and sing.